All right, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I'm your host, Eric, and joining me this evening is absolutely nobody. <laughs> uh, I figured I'd give everybody a break for uh, Turkey Day this past week. Um, so this week's episode will just be one of those uh, wonderful little news roundup episodes I like to do every now and then. Um, so... Let's get right into it then. Uh, Joe Biden. Um, what the fuck are you doing? Creeping up on little girls. Hugging up on everybody and their mother. You're going to take a bite out of your wife's finger during a speech? Was one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen Joe Biden do, and he has done some really weird shit. So this from the uh, Business Insider. Democratic presidential candidate, former Vice President Joe Biden, bites the finger of his wife, Jill Biden, as she introduces him during a campaign event on November 30th, 2019, in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Former hometown for Rebel with a Cause. Council Bluffs. Um, yeah, so apparently she's, you know, given this speech, you know, come ask me. I'll tell you why Joe Biden is so great, because Joe Biden can't do it himself. Because he may bite your fingertips. Or snuggle hump you. It was so, it was so weird, too. Um, there's a few videos out there, but it's uh, just like a couple of minutes after she uh, takes the stage. She gets introduced, and then, you know, about two and a half, three minutes, she's, like, gesticulating and waving her hands back, and at one point, just Joe just reaches up and just, <clears throat> right there on her finger. She gives this, like, nervous laugh at first, like, oh, my husband's being a dork behind me. It's so weird. So if you do find the video, it's uh, just a couple, it's probably going to be a couple minutes into it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> at this point, Democrats, you have to ask yourself, why, why is this guy here? I understand he's the former vice president. And so sometimes they like to get the former vice president involved to, to run again. But, um, <laughs> it, he, when he talks he kind of trails off. Doesn't really know kind of where he is sometimes. Odd behavior, to say the least. And this is just further proof of that. I mean, he just, who... Alright, love my wife. If she's introducing me at a speech, I, I'm not going to lean forward and just like try to take a bite out of her finger. You know, we we may have that playful type of uh, relationship. We we might have that. But I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, if I was running for office and she's like trying to introduce me after saying that, you know, don't ask Joe, ask me. I'll tell you how good he is. <laughs> you know, if she's giving that kind of speech and like trying to, I'm not going to just reach forward and just like try to take a bite out of her finger midair. It's just the weirdest thing. I, 
to be honest, I didn't even know uh, this morning when I woke up, uh, checking the Twitter feed and everything, and I see all like these memes of Biden like eating a finger and stuff, and then it was like my first thought immediately, ah, oh, what the fuck did he do now? And then I see this uh, picture of him like hassling somebody at a at a at a diner somewhere. I was like, oh, did he just like bite that guy's finger? I was like, no, that was something else. The guy was watching a football game and he just didn't pay attention to Joe Biden. Okay. It's not that. And then I finally see the video. And I'm going to say they're watching it. And he's he's already acting bizarre on the stage behind her. He's kind of laughing and, and chuckling and, you know, turning around and then turning back around to face her. It was weird. Weird stuff. And then sure enough... Right when she's about to bring him up, she puts her hand back and he just leans forward and just, <laughs> hey, what? what? Huh? What are you doing? Don't do that. Uh, Jill Biden had been speaking to a crowd and using her hands to gesture, barely missing her husband's face at several points. Because he, he, he's like standing right there. He's like not even giving her space. Eventually, while her arm was outstretched, Biden leaned forward and bit down on the tip of his wife's index finger. In response, Jill Biden laughed it off. That is not what happened. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the video, she pauses for a second and then laughs. And it's not like, oh, Joe, you trickster, you. It's like, ha, 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 ha. You just did that. You're going to get a talking to after the speech. You son of a bitch. Unless, you know, I don't know how to read body language too well. But I'm married. I know what the look looks like. I'm just saying. Uh, Yes, the pair were in Council Bluffs, speaking to a crowd of several hundred people, according to the Associated Press. The Biden... Business Insider If the Associated Press will not spell check You have to do it for them The Bidens Plural You don't refer to them as one homogenous unit It's, it's not a hive mind The Bidens Inserting the S there are launching in an eight-day bus tour of Iowa ahead of the February 3rd Hawkeye Cockeye. <laughs> as the, uh, as the uh, Russ Limbaugh used to say back in the day. Uh, latest Iowa polls show Biden competing nearly neck and neck with Senate... Sins? Period. S-E-N-S period. All right. If, so you took the S out of Biden's and you put it right there where it does not belong again. You don't abbreviate senators. You would just put senators. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And being edged out by South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Um... 
I'm kind of interested in this poll. It's a clickable link. Let's see where it goes. Okay, so going to the link, it uh, brings us to another Business Insider article about uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, but it, see, I hate when I want to see a poll, and then you take me to another opinion article. Mm, my head hurts now. Yeah, okay, so there's a Buttigieg has garnered a whopping 25% support, a hike of 16 percentage points since just September. Uh, far ahead of the other leading candidates, former Vice President Joe the Finger Biter Biden. <laughs> Senator Bernie, there is too many options for deodorant Sanders. And Senator Elizabeth Focahontas Warren of Methuselah. Uh, Biden is polling at 16% among likely Iowa caucus goers, while Sanders and Important are competing for third place at 15%. There's, there's, there's too many options. Yeah, okay. Um, honestly, I, I don't really see the appeal of a booty judge. Um, he's, he's off-putting. You know, I look at his face and I see car salesman. I see the guy, when you go to meet him at a, meet him at a business meeting, he hands you his business card. And the Jesus fish and cross are on the business card, indicating to you that there is a surefire way somehow you are going to get screwed on this deal. That's Pete Buttigieg. That's what I see when I see him. He's the guy who is nice to your face. Inauthentic would be a word I would choose to use there. But anyways, this whole Biden thing... Um, yeah, let's not have doddering old men uh, running the party after you uh, ran on uh, old white men are the, pro are the problem. And you got two of them in there. Maybe don't make that your platform. Old white men are, you know, rich old white men are the problem. And then you got two of the richest old white men. And now a third. Because Mayor Mike Bloomberg got in there. He says he's staying out of the debates, though. Yeah, he's not going to lower himself to that. He's not going to slum it on those uh, Democrat debates. He's, a, he's just going to show up. And you'll vote for him. Because he's another rich old white guy. Um, so, Democrats, you've, you've got a problem. You've got a serious problem. Your messaging is all over the place. You want to cater to the extreme elements of your base. You want to force us all to start using non-gendered language and all this uh, silliness? Y you've got a problem. And at the same time, the highest getters are white guys. You got a problem. You got a problem. Uh, you you want to be, you know, the the civil liberties people, and then you're running a cop who violated a whole shit ton of civil liberties. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know where you guys are getting all this. I mean, <laughs> figure it out. Another strange little piece of news. This one from Variety. And uh, I don't really like to cover comedians that I don't really think are all that funny. Pete Davidson is one of those comedians. Um, I've watched uh, his stand-up. And he's young and new in stand-up, I guess, relatively speaking. 
and a lot of his premises and uh, setups and punches and his little bits and everything, they're very, very um, done to death already. So I was a little confused when I when I first saw this headline. Pete Davidson asks fans to sign one million dollar non-disclosure agreement before a comedy show. And this is on Variety, and of course, uh, check down in the show notes, um, and you'll get the link to it so you can see it. So apparently, when he goes to do his uh, stand-up, you're going to sign a non-disclosure agreement that's going to bar you from tweeting out your criticism or your uh, your opinion on his performance. I, I, I've got nothing. I really don't even know where you go with that. I mean, seriously. And this this whole article covers, like, one person who refused to sign and their ticket money got refunded and everything. And so she called the theater trying to figure out why. You know, is he, like, filming a special? And, you know, they're just like, well, we don't know. He just refuses to say. And apparently he's going to another theater and he's going to pass out the NDAs over there, too. I mean, is this in response to uh, Louis C.K.? You know, he comes back from his um, self-imposed hiatus from his uh, <laughs> from his Me Too movement mo- uh, moment, and then uh, you know people are there and they're recording with their cell phones and saying how awful and terrible he is. You know, and you can juxtapose that with his uh, appearance at Skankfest and people are cheering him coming back. You know, is that a response to that? I know some stand-up comedians have started. Uh, making you put your cell phones and stuff in the yonder bags. And for those of you who don't know what a yonder bag is, it's basically zipped and locked. And if you need to make like an emergency call, or if you're receiving an emergency call, you can go out to the lobby and have it unlocked so you can use your cell phone. The idea being, I'm here performing for you. I'm doing my act. Watch me, not the phone. You know, we seriously, we've got a problem. Uh, all of us do. And, you know, myself included, we like to look down at that little, little flat bar of lights and sounds in our pockets. We love to look at it. You know, and it, it's ubiquitous. It's, it's everywhere. You know, you're driving in traffic, you look over, and someone is staring down at their crotch, and you know exactly what they're doing. They're checking their status. They're checking their likes. It's uh, replace the newspaper. (laughs) Uh, I can remember, you know, writing into into Baton Rouge in the morning uh, to go to work, and you look over, and there'd be people reading a magazine or a book up on their steering wheel. Well, now, you know, cops will write you a ticket for that. So they'll, so they, they're keeping it down in their lap, you know, because they're a secret squirrel and they can do that kind of stuff. And then, it, you know, I, I always just kind of jokingly refer to it as, oh, he's checking his crotch. Look at him. So that's what it looks like. It just looks like someone looking down at their crotch while they're driving. <laughs> uh, and I use driving as a loose term there. Because it's it's obviously not. Because they're not paying attention to what the hell they're doing. And so to get back to the story here. I'm digressing already. 
A $1 million non-disclosure agreement? Are you fucking insane? Alright, so people are coming out to see you. They're there to see you. Do your stand-up. And you're going to make them sign a non-disclosure agreement that they can't take to social media afterwards and say, yeah, we just saw the new Pete Davidson stand-up. It was great. Or it was bad. At most, you can say no comment. Who the fuck are you to come around telling what people can say and what they can't say? It's your stand-up. If it's good, you will get laughs in the theater. If it's not good, sometimes people don't laugh and you might get heckled. Believe me, I've done stand-up before. I know what it's like to eat a giant plate of shit. It don't feel good. But you take that lesson, you come back the next time, and it's like, okay, let me try to figure out why that joke didn't land. Now, I never made it past open mic stage, okay. Yeah, I was never paid for my comedy. But, if I were, and if I had been a cast member on one of the most popular sketch comedy shows in U.S. history, Saturday Night Live, I would not sit there and make my audience sign a $1 million non-disclosure agreement. It's just fucking stupid. It's not only stupid, it's insane. I don't even know where you would even come up with this. Unless you're using it as a bit in your act. Hey, you remember those NDA agreements I made y'all sign? It was just a joke. I don't really mean it. Well, I said I didn't want to sign it. Yeah, we refunded your money. <laughs> okay. Can't be reached for comment, huh? <laughs> I, th I think you would need some kind of comment. Yeah, yeah. So sources confirmed to Variety that Davidson's NDA would again be handed out on Saturday prior to a show in Chicago's Vic Theater. Spokesman, uh, spokesperson. Uh, you can always read that as Spokesweasel. Uh, for the SNL star, uh, could not be reached for comment. Cell phone bans are nothing new in the modern day of live performances. And then they go on to reference the uh, Louis C.K. ban the use of phones in his comedy shows. And Dave Chappelle and Madonna have also prohibited fans from uh, sharing live materials without written, t written consent. There. <laughs> I, that's taking it a little bit too far. Oh, and Variety has the comments turned on. I'm just saying. Top comment? Spam. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, so that's that's the story's uh, fit to print. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's uh, telling in this uh, society that we've got going on here that... Um, we're, we're all deep into the glass of our phones. We're looking at little panes of glass everywhere we go. Uh, screen time is a must. Oh, what's that? It's a mid-roll read. Uh, excuse me, Rebel. Uh, yes, Harry, what is it? Do you know where you're not going to be introduced into a cult? Uh, would that be Childerberg? 
That's right, Childerberg! Alright, so why don't you head on over to www.childerberg.com, find out all the details for yourself, and investigate Childerberg! And, uh, you know, I've definitely noticed it in my kid, um, before, and, you know, he's a lot better with it now, but, uh, you know, when, when it was time to put the screens away, there would be problems. Screaming fits, everything. Okay, so an electronics addiction is truly a thing. I would make fun of it before, because I didn't think, oh, nobody's addicted to a, a electronics. Man, I've changed my view on that. Because everywhere I go, people are staring at their phones. They're not even looking up for anything. I mean, if you want to get onto YouTube and look at some of those fail videos, there are quite a lot where people are looking at their phones and just walking into stuff. Staring into their phone, they think they're heading towards the door to a mall or something, they walk right into a pane of glass. Trip and fall into a fountain. You know, about to walk into traffic and someone stops them. It is a problem. Okay. And not to mention the fact that we just had a story about... uh, a couple of uh, loonies uh, stabbing people in London. You know, if you're sitting there looking down on your phone, walking around, and some jackass comes up there and, like, sticks you with something because you weren't paying attention to what the fuck you were doing, it's a problem. Keep your head on a swivel. The world is filled up with a lot of people who are great. A lot of people who are nice. But guess what? That's a law of averages. There's a lot of nice people out there. There's also a lot of shitheads out there. Keep your head on a swivel. If you're walking around in public, put your goddamn phone in your pocket. Look around. You're driving? Definitely don't have that phone out. Motorcyclists. I've seen you, like, try to change up your playlists. Don't think you're immune from it. Don't think that you're better than the cagers out there. I've seen y'all. <laughs> okay? I've seen you, like, whip over into a lane, and because you were, like, sitting there trying to change the, the music, you go a little bit too far, get over into the shoulder a little bit, and then you correct. I've seen it before. We all got a problem. Put up those damn phones. (laughs) Save it for later. Like when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner table and things are starting to get a little boring. But anyways, speaking of Thanksgiving, I guess I'll get into this. Um, So I'm I'm in Dallas, Texas now, as most of you know. Um, And so I had the family come up. And they were uh, delivering, uh, you know, a couple pieces of furniture. So I'm not just like sitting on the floor in the middle of a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> while we're, uh, you know, doing our best to get everything done and moved up, moved up here. Um, so I said, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to cook Thanksgiving dinner. Um, let's go out. Let's go out to eat. Little did I know, everybody and their cousin goes to eat at Luby's Cafeteria in Dallas, Texas on Thanksgiving. 
we went at noon thinking, man, there ain't going to be nobody here. I was wrong. <laughs> Everybody was there. It was a two-hour wait. The line was going out of the building and around the corner. I said, okay, well, I guess we'll come back later. They go back at around 5 o'clock, and it's still an hour wait. But, you know, at least you were inside. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. And um, that whole wait for uh, dry-ass turkey, and uh, and uh, wasn't worth it. I'll, I'll put it that way. So I won't be doing that again. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get into a libertarian topic, shall we? Um, I had a good exchange today on Twitter. Uh, about the third rail of libertarian topics, the age of consent. That's right. The age of consent. And um, it was a pretty good little exchange. Uh, I always like to keep things civil. Um, but this person was uh, saying that, you know, age of consent needs to be raised to the age of 25. And the belief behind that is, well, you know, at the age of 25, the human brain is done developing. You know, at that point, it is a fully developed human brain. And well, I've, you know, I can certainly understand that. There's definitely science behind that. Um, however, culturally, here in the Western Hemisphere, <laughs> uh, Especially here in North America, uh, we view 18-year-olds as being a legal adult. Okay. Now, this person wanted to start taking the stateless society part of it out, and she goes, well, what makes the 18-year-old so special other than a legal definition? It's like, okay, well, all right. Um, you know, it's just tradition. Plain and simple. I mean, for hundreds of years, 18-year-olds were, you know, getting married. They were starting to have kids of their own. You know, at this point, they, you know, either had worked for their parents in some place and, you know, were about to take over the business so that dad didn't have to go out there every day. It was this, this type of thing. It was a, a traditional thing. You know, you were pretty much expected to be doing well and on your own by that time. Okay. And that definitely has carried on throughout the years. But, there's always a big stinky button there. In the last, I don't know, I would say last 50 years or so, there has been this effort to let kids stay kids for as long as possible because, you know, we don't want to ruin their childhood. Okay. Um, except that has a problem. So you have teenagers who have gone through puberty and are not children anymore. Okay. Everywhere else in the world, as soon as you have gone through puberty... You are an adult. Okay. Now that varies in everybody. Some people go through it earlier, some people don't. Okay. Now before you uh start getting your start getting your cringe on, uh I'm not saying what you think I'm saying. Just want to make that clear. Uh I'm not advocating for having sex with sixteen year olds. 
Okay. If you are definitely not a 16-year-old, also, I also don't want 16-year-olds having sex with each other either. But, having said all that, <clears throat> an 18-year-old, largely we consider to be a consenting adult. Okay. Now, yes, there are legal definitions out there that 18 is, is the magic number, the arbitrary number. But, uh, you know, that there's a reason why. It's just common. It's been common for a couple hundred years now. We've just kind of viewed that by the time you're 18, you should be adult enough to be able to, you know, sign contracts, you know, go into business with other people, get married, have kids. Do I think 18-year-olds today should be getting married and having kids? I can't make that determination for you. It's down to the individual level. There's some 18-year-olds out there who are killing it. Seem like they hit the ground running once they graduated from high school. And there's a lot of 18-year-olds out there that I would not trust to clean my toilet. Okay? That being said, there's a lot of 25-year-olds out there who aren't mature enough to handle daily life. And I think part of that is because they've been told that there are still kids I mean, we even see it in our language. You know, I'm guilty of this too. When someone says that they're under the age of 25, it's like, oh man, just a pup. You're just a kid. Come over here, kid. You know, and that kind of stuff, it may not be conscious, but I mean, it, it kind of rolls around in the back of the mind a little bit. You know, I remember when I was in my early 20s, my misspent youth, um, I did so many dumb, dumb things. Anyways, I'm just saying, you know, me at the age of 25 was just then starting to get it and starting to calm down a little bit. But you know, you can't just say, okay, well, from now on, we're going to view 25s as actually being adult. No, 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 no. Biologically speaking, they've been an adult since their teens. Okay. Well, we don't want 13-year-olds signing contracts. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't want 13-year-olds either. You know, let's say we finally get to our Libertopia in Capistan, and uh, a 13-year-old walks into my business and, you know, says, hey, I've got this product, and I think you can use it in your business. I'm going to be like, where's your mom and dad? I mean, you're not 18, right? <laughs> well, no, I'm 13. I'm emancipated. <laughs> not my place, you ain't. Yeah. And so their concern is, and like everything, it, I, since I haven't worked out every possible perfect little detail on if situation A arises, then the response will be B. Libertarians aren't advocating for utopias. It might be anything but. The thing that we are advocating for is less government at the least. <laughs> at the most, no government at all. Because I don't need a government to come in and tell me how to run my life. I'll do it however I see fit. Okay, well, there's going to be predators who are going to take advantage of children. Yes, 
But I think once we get to that Libertopia and Capistan, that kind of stuff is going to be unthinkable. And sure, there will be a bad actor who's going on to take care of some impressionable youth to corrupt them. But I got to imagine at that point, reputation will mean a lot more than it does today. And if we know that guy over there is doing that thing with those kids, then... Well, I guess the situation would be handled. It would be a rare occurrence. Okay, and I understand that's the hang-up for a lot of people, is protection of children. I get it. You know, I've adopted two kids out of foster care. And that question, tough one to answer. How would that be handled in a free society? It's a tough one. But it's something that we'll have to learn along the way. We just know that when government is involved with it, it's inefficient, costs too damn much. The situation is ripe for waste, fraud, and abuse. And we just know that if it was done privately, it would be handled a hell of a lot better. Would mistakes still be made? Yeah, sure. Because we're humans. Sometimes we act irrationally and irresponsibly. But I can't sit there and map out all of the perfect little details for you. You you know, a lot of this, we're going to have to find out what works along the way. And if, uh, you know, if you have a private organization trying to help kids out of bad situations and it's not really working all that well, then we'll know to stop doing that. Instead of increase its funding, thinking that we need to throw money at the problem. Okay? So, as far as the age of consent is concerned, if you have a teenager who has just gone through puberty, stop treating them like children. They are biologically an adult. You should have been talking to them like, the, like an adult the entire time. Okay, I do this with my own kids. My son is 11. My daughter is three. She's, you know, verbal enough that I'm trying to get her to tell me why she's upset. You know, what adults do. (laughs) Instead of crying and whining about something. It's like, look, why are you mad right now? Because... Okay, because why? Let's expand upon that. Is it something that I can do? Is it something that needs to change in order for you to feel better? We're going to have to talk back and forth. (laughs) Okay? And so by the time that she is a teenager herself, that talking to dad shouldn't be a problem. That there should be no nervousness built up that if she's having some kind of issue that she can't figure out on her own, she can come to me or mom, and we can talk about it. And it won't be a problem. I've worked really hard with my son to get to the same point. Where, you know, I don't want to push and poke. You know, but we can tell when he's not feeling good. 
about something. And, you know, we'll just like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be over here in the other room. So when you want to talk about it, come get me. You know, you need to give the kids the tools to succeed on their own. And you can't do that if when they're 16, you keep talking to them like they're, you know, two-year-olds. You can't do it. So when that subject of, hey, dad, yes, son, I have a girlfriend. Okay. I kind of want to put it in her. No. (laughs) No, there is a whole bunch of bad stuff that'll happen if you do that. Don't do that. Hopefully I have given you enough, enough information at that point that you can make an informed decision about that. Okay, so by the time you're 18, you're making enough informed decisions on your own that you'll be okay out there. And yes, guess what? If you're having a problem, yo, I'll solve it. (laughs) All right. Harry, I swear to God, if you tell me about Childerberg, I'm going to kick you out. Well, that's okay, Rebel. Childerberg, back up. God damn it, Harry. All right. Anyways, guys, I think I've rambled on long enough. Um, so uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you could, if you like the show, if you love the show, tell me about it. Rate, subscribe, review. It gets the uh, gets the podcast in front of new eyeballs and in new ears if you do that. Um, there is a website that I'm going to drop in the show notes of this page, uh, Liberty Ranker. And it's ranking all the podcasts, and my podcast appears on it. Right now, it's got one vote. I would like to have more of those votes. So if you could take a moment, click on that little link right there, upvote, or don't vote at all. It's your choice. <laughs> and, and in this case, your vote does actually mean something. All right? <laughs> uh, if you uh, find any value in the show, please uh, check out the ways that you can support the show. Uh, Patreon.com, bitbacker.io, subscribestar.com. Uh, I got t-shirts and coffee mugs that are for sale right now in teespring.com. And uh, got uh, two promo codes that you can use. Free ship will get you free shipping on all U.S. orders. And holiday 10, and you can take 10% off of the order. And... Um, you know, I, I, I think I got some good shirts. I got a hat in there. Got some coffee mugs. <laughs> I think you'll like them. Uh, so if you could, check out teespring.com forward slash uh, Ribble with a Cause podcast. But if you, you know, you can just click the link. You don't even have to, like, type anything. You know, just open up the show notes. It's right there. Click. Boom. Otherwise, the support to the show. I got to the PayPal's, uh, the Cash App's. All different kinds of ways to do it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, that is Rebel with a Cause Podcast at protonmail.com. I'll answer any questions you got. If you want to actually leave a recorded message, uh, there's a link in the show notes for that as well on the anchor. Um, I've heard that uh, sometimes people get an error for that, so you will have to enable your microphone on your phone if you're going to do it that way or through your computer. All right. If you don't want to go through that hassle, if you want to send me an audio clip of any kind through the email, be sure to do that too. You know, that's fine. 
I don't care. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to bring back the uh, the Ask Me Anything segment, so uh, um, you know, uh, I'll just uh, leave it right there in the show notes, where you can find everything, links on the stories that I talked about, support, all kinds of stuff. All right. So until next week, everybody, have a good one. Hope your Thanksgiving was great. Hope you ate all of the pie and then are not eating the pie anymore until Christmas, I guess. <laughs> all right, guys, take it easy. Next week, have a new episode out. Uh, I might have a guest, might not. We'll see. All right, out. Out.